Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. Well, Conrad, how's your week been this week? Yeah, it's not been too bad, thank you. Um, I'm trying to think if I've actually done anything of note. I haven't really, to be honest. It's been it's been very by the numbers. How's yours been? Yeah, mine's mine's been pretty good. Mine's been pretty good. I mean, uh, the numbers are rising. Yeah. You know, the temperature's rising. You know. <laughs> the, and I'm trying making... to remember the rest of that song, and I can't. No, I can't remember a single word from it. Something, something. Burn, baby, burn. Disco inferno. Something's getting low. I don't know what though. But uh, oh, no, wait, that's it's raining men. I was yeah, I'm doing inferno. it's raining men. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's still you know about temperature in some way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, basically, uh, yeah. So sort of numbers are rising and. The school I work in, everyone's getting tense, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, apart from that, I'm very happy in my life. Uh, baby's going well, and uh, we got a good episode of Dark to talk about today. Yeah, there's stuff to discuss. That's yeah. all I'll say for now. Yeah, and I just want to say uh, before we start, I want to thank two people who've uh, sent in a, uh, a donation of support to us. As we said last week, if you want to do it, there's a link in the description uh, to a tip jar. We will use any money we get through that tip jar to put back into the podcast, whether that be uh, a webcam for Conrad so you can see his uh, lovely mug. Although someone actually even said in the comments last week that they want to see your Vegeta tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to see if that can be arranged. It'd be quite difficult to make out on a webcam, but I'll uh, maybe I'll do like a. Well, sort we're of thinking we're thinking a really good webcam that doesn't really look like a webcam. You know, we're we're, we're thinking like a camera that you can mount to your computer, basically. Okay. Yeah. So you can see like the it's high definition enough that you can see the pores on my skin, basically. Yeah. We need to see each pixel of color in that tattoo. Okay, nice. I'll moisturize it beforehand as well then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so and it was through those donations that we were able to get these lovely microphones that you can hear us talking on now. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if listeners notice a, a, a deeper, a richer sound coming from Anthony, that is because he now has the new microphone as well. Yes, we both, we both have it. But now that we both have it, it might actually lessen the quality overall because last week it was like everyone was noticing how good yours was and yeah. now this week we're just like bo- we're both the same so it might actually we've normalized it we've normalized it yeah, exactly anyway so the two there's two people who have donated to us this week so thank you very much donnie starts thank you very much legend and legend yeah legend legend killer you might say <laughs> <laughs> and Azen, thank you very much Azen. uh okay guys uh we are going to get into this great episode and i think conrad has told me he's got a few theories coming out of this one would you believe Couple of, couple of little ones cooking away. <laughs> cooking away, yeah. All right, let's get straight in. Oh, Mark, sorry, I can't say straight into it. I haven't learned the lesson. Let's get into it. Yep, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! All right, so the episode opens with Jonas tinkering away at the uh, at the big cesium thing. I, you know, it's the same, same sort of thing. It's in the power plant, and he's, he's in the future. I think it, I think you said that the description of the video uh, the, of the episode confirmed that this is twenty fifty. What was it? Twenty fifty three. Twenty fifty two. Twenty fifty two. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hang on. No, it would be twenty fifty three, wouldn't it? Well, I, yeah. I was. I went back and forth Actually, on that. The, that the episode description. Wrong. Yeah, it definitely said twenty fifty two in the episode description, but the maths does not check out on that, as far as I'm concerned. So right. Let's yeah, get, we're gonna get Baron on the phone. Get Netflix on the phone <laughs> now. Call Mister Netflix. Write into him and say, 
you've screwed up, my friend. That, that, honestly, that is that's 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 the biggest mistake in Dark. I, I actually, not to jump the gun, I've found a mistake in Dark, listeners. Yeah. Okay. So, Mo- so more on that later. So we had one in season season one. Oh, this is though, a biggie. And we've got a big mistake in season <laughs> a two. A biggie. You just you bloody wait. I'm going to take them to the cleaners on this one. Um, oh, those how it's like, it's like someone's shoelaces tied and then it's not. <laughs> those idiots. No, you'll you'll see when we get to it. Um, I, I will say about this opening. I really appreciate that they haven't shown. Jonas becoming competent with all the equipment that he's messing around with here and he'll just skip forward to when he knows how to do all this stuff because they totally could have done a filler episode on him learning how all these machines work mm-hmm. and it would have probably been boring so it's quite nice to just be like yeah Jonas has figured it out I don't know yeah and he's following the the plans which we assume are left by Claudia because she's the one talking so um because she's yeah. you know going on the on the tapes it only dawned on me in this episode that the the Claudia on the tapes is 80s Claudia as well actually rather than old Claudia um not that that's I mean, it will probably be quite relevant, but um, yeah, I, I, it just struck me in this episode. So I don't know why I didn't make that connection in the last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I didn't make the connection because I was listening to the dub and the old Claudia sounds about 25 years old. So Nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was why I didn't make the connection. But uh, yeah, so um, he's working away at this. What did you think about the design of this uh, sort of oozing ball of whatever when it actually sort of formed into a sphere? Yeah, the, I mean the the portal production design is amazing. Um, I think the the uh, the yeah when it's when it's a portal and uh, when he interacts with it later, it's it's very sort of believable as a portal. But it's also mm-hmm. I I love the way it, it it kind of behaves and sounds when it's not stable. Uh, yeah. like it's very kind of ominous and threatening in a really kind of believable way. Uh, so yeah, the production design on that's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And um, I also, in terms of the actual design of it, in terms of the the visual effects, the the way they've done it, like I can imagine, like Dark doesn't have the biggest budget for visual effects, but they've made it actually look so good by having it very dark. Do you know what I mean? And they've looked, it's all, like in terms of what I've watched on YouTube, in terms of uh, visual effects artists react to, right? (laughs) They, 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 They always talk about like the idea of getting, making sure the lighting of your, 3d element is the same as the set and it just there's no there's nothing that makes it like i'm sure if you studied it really hard you say oh, it doesn't look real but it looks for the budget of the show are so good to me yeah i mean i i was actually thinking about that um, and wondering whether their budget went up at all in the second season because the the only real i'm trying to think the only real moments of any kind of cgi that i noticed in the first season were the spinning parts of the townhouse time machine which looked like they were they were mm. cgi'd and they looked pretty good i mean you could tell it was cgi but they didn't look too bad and the portal um in the last the last episode which you know looked okay it didn't look too bad um but these these are, feel on another level to that uh that this feels like they've stepped up their game in terms of uh, the special effects that they're using and i don't know whether it's a budgetary thing or just a pure competency or design thing but yeah it definitely looks great yeah yeah exactly um and in terms of the season one visual effects they also visual effects the little uh the little mickle magic trick as well oh yeah that's <laughs> so that high quality high quality yeah that's that's the kind of level they were working with <laughs> okay so after the credits we get the uh what is now the new title card sort of thing it's the 22nd yeah. of june 1987 and does i, I actually didn't actually write down how many, but I'm pretty sure it's five days. Is that right? Yeah, it's five. So yeah. if, if we keep up the pace that this series is 
uh, cutting at the moment so with one episode per day mm-hmm. uh, by my calculations episode seven will feature the apocalypse and episode eight will be after it which i cannot wait for yeah okay awesome so that that's 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 a good thing so you're actually counting down the episodes makes sense to me um so at this point we always uh have a look at the german uh name of the episode and try and pronounce it except obviously they've made a decision to not show it on the screen so we've had to go and change our, our game a little bit so basically we say the english name of the episode conrad tries to translate it with his <laughs> this uh, is gonna be bad with his gcse uh german <laughs> yeah and, and and then i translate it on google and then try and pronounce it so the episode's called dark matter in english what do you think it is in german so i'm pretty sure dark in german is dunkel or dunkel uh so it'll be dunkel something i have no idea so i'm just gonna say dunkel matter and maybe i hope it's one of those german words that english borrowed (laughs) (laughs) so according to google translate you're actually not far off yeah so it's dunkel and then i don't know if if i'm gonna pronounce this correctly but it's mattery oh okay m-a-t-e-r-i-e i think it's like it's it's like it sort of sort of seems like it's around the same idea as material. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that seems like I was barking up the right tree. Then like oh, English does does have a habit of stealing words from German, or um, and uh, that looks like it's one of them. Yeah. Very impressed. Very impressed. Okay. So uh, then the first sort of scene of the episode after the pre credit scene is uh, we get Mickle waking up in bed. Uh, very akin to Jonas did uh, all the time, all the times in, in the first episode as well as in the uh, previous season. Yeah, um, very cool symmetry. Yeah, very cool symmetry. Uh, he's also waking up in the same bed. Yeah, yeah, but he does have a cool ladies' toy robot, which Jonas doesn't have. Uh, so you know, that's probably be, why it might Jonas... be in the it might be in the attic or something. Like or, yeah, or, maybe it maybe it got packed away. But away. I think that tells us a lot about why Jonas ended up as messed up as he as he did. Yeah, no no toy robot to play with. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, on the wall, they've got a lovely Goonies poster, and of course, yeah. <laughs> Boris Becker lifting the Wimbledon trophy. Yeah, that was. I loved the the sort of the set design for this because it it felt quite believable for a, a young boy in the late eighties. Yeah, and like, but the thing is, I, I'm this is eighty seven. I'm really wondering, Boris Becker, did he win Wimbledon in eighty seven? I actually so not to give the game away, but the floor I have found is is very much down this alleyway. I didn't check the Boris Becker and the Goonies stuff, although I have a feeling Goonies might have been might have been eighty eight. I'm not going to check it now, but um, I think Boris Becker won like three Wimbledon's in a row or something. So I'm thinking to myself, if that picture is from the eighty seven Wimbledon, well, this is taking place on what June something. Yeah, June twenty second. Wimbledon, Wimbledon wouldn't have been finished yet. No, this episode. <laughs> you're, you're ruining <laughs> Dark episode two, season two. No, but the thing is, he won it a few times, so that might be a poster from previously. But my point was going to be, if he just won it, because actually, no, he wouldn't even have won it yet. But even if he just won it, they wouldn't be able to get the posters out that quickly to Germany. No way. Not I mean, they might have had him on standby, and they just photoshopped his face, or well, the eighty-seven equivalent of Photoshop, uh, photoshopped his face onto the poster and just used a stand-in body in the Wimbledon trophy. <laughs> yeah, the eighties equivalent of Photoshop, like in Seinfeld, whenever uh, yeah. they just draw a cartoon person into the photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have just checked actually, and Goonies came out in eighty-five, so I rescind that criticism. But you better believe I'm coming for this episode in one scene's time. <laughs> still. <laughs> Okay. Um, awesome. j- just as a complete inside as well, this scene really made me want some rye bread. Oh, really? 
Oh, oh I think I, I think I know what you're coming for. <laughs> I think Listen. I know. I think I know. Um, okay, so <laughs> before we get there, though, uh, he had he had some uh, comics on the floor. Um, yep. Now I noticed when I watched this the, the the similarities in the comics on the floor with Back to the Future to me. You know how like uh, George has the comics, and then uh, of I don't know, it's not called Captain Future, but George McFly has comics with a sort of spaceman or whatever on them. Yeah, it's it's definitely like he's reading Silver Age comic books that look like they're from the fifties or sixties, mm-hmm. rather than. You know, in the 80s, I can't speak for young German children in the 80s, but I'm pretty sure they had Spider-Man. Um, so, like, that's what I would expect him to be reading. But And I think it's a very deliberate decision for him to be reading this really kind of kitschy, uh, like, 50s and 60s stuff instead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he goes down to Enos. Um, he, he's, not, he's not very happy because it's, it's actually his mom, Katarina's birthday today. Yeah. Um, and she, she says to him, past is the past, now is now. Yeah, feels like there might be some kind of double meaning in that. <laughs> it does. And it also seems like potentially this storyline could actually be... what way The way Enos is approaching it here already in this first episode, in season two, uh, second episode in season two, we could actually be getting a disproving of one of your theories which you forgot to put in the theory matrix. Which one's that? Because you've briefly mentioned that you thought that Enos might begin to really try hard to get Mickle back to his original timeline uh well i don't think i i can't remember exactly i do remember the one you're talking about but i feel like it was more i'm interested to see how she balances that kind of pull to do what what he wants with yeah it was more about wants. you wondering about the future rather than predicting i get that yeah yeah but um yeah I w- i'm still interested to see to be mm-hmm. honest um I, I think to be honest if i was Mickle the main reason I'd be wanting to leave the 80s is because of the way she's dressing him, because holy crap, the shorts he's wearing <laughs> Yeah, there's no kid who comes from 2019 and just is okay with putting them on. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean I've mean, i seen people dressed like that in 2019, but they have to be like 10 years older and, you know, pretty deep into sort of the hipster subculture to pull that off. Uh, and Mickle, God bless him, I don't think they let magicians even into the, the hipster club, so he's out of luck. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll move on then, and we get the scene which I'm assuming you're going to say is the, is the there's, there's a mistake, and it's uh, in Claudia's house. Regina's get uh, Re- Regina's getting ready to go to school. Egon's going to take her. That's what I've got from the scene. He's got his lovely fishing vest on, and uh, they yeah. and uh, Claudia is doesn't really have any time for either of them. Um, yeah, like Egon in this episode and in this scene specifically, he kind of breaks my heart in this episode because he really sort of the, the the performance really captures this idea of like this old man who's feeling a bit useless now that he's retired, and Claudia yeah. is kind of too busy to see that her dad is is desperate for a purpose. So you know mm-hmm. when he offers to take Regina, or uh, no, he is taking Regina to school, I think, yeah, because Claudia can't do it, and he's very keen to keep doing it, and Claudia doesn't even see that. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. who is he, like, as we find out later in the episode, uh, he's possibly dying as well, which is just an interesting reflection of Regina's situation in 2020. Um, yeah. But yeah, Egon is like really, really like far and away, I think, the, the, the best character in this episode for me. Yeah, Egon is fantastic, fantastic. He's a real tragic character in this episode, yeah. especially. Um, so um, what's, your, what's the mistake? What, what, what's going to make us all stop this video right now and never watch Dark again? All right. Pens at the ready, everyone, because we, we need to let them know. We need to mass 
a letter campaign to Netflix to say they've screwed up. The date, <laughs> the date of this episode, June twenty second, nineteen eighty seven. The release date of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, twenty <laughs> seventh of July, nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. Um, was that the release date that they they put it on for sale? Was it on the radio before it was for sale? Uh, no, that's when the single was released. So, um, like, it wouldn't it wouldn't have even been on the radio before then. Not even a maybe not even a, a little insider German DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe someone leaked it ahead of time. And they then got, some... it, get, got it on the market in Germany to see how it was doing, and then and then it hit the hit the wider the wider international market shortly I'm just, after. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the comment. Actually, in the 80s, <laughs> yeah. there was a German DJ who knew Gasly very well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, so that's that's a mistake. That's that's a that's a gr- I love that's my favorite type of mistake because it really oh, yeah, mean, like... it means nothing, but it's just a little thing that gets you. <laughs> it's just it, like the problem is is that the sh- this show is so good at. At getting these kind of things right, that w- the only way to, dis- to to sort of criticize it for this is to be an absolute pedant and yeah. just find things that don't matter at all, and then be like, "You idiots!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm doing here. Yeah, I'm not even going to watch uh, their next show, 1899. No, I refuse. No, I'm, not uh, gonna, I'm done with Dark, to be honest. Yep, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so uh, next scene. I think we're done with that scene. Oh yeah, there was a little bit in that moment in that scene whenever um, Egon recognised Gretchen, and then Claudia sort of dismissed it straight away. Yeah, it's, there's an interesting kind of back and forth with Claudia's character in this, where she's desperate for someone to kind of disprove uh, what she kind of knows deep down that that the dog is Gretchen mm-hmm. because the the truth is so sort of profoundly upsetting to her, um, and you can kind of see it in how she outright rejects. Egon saying, "Oh, this looks like Gretchen," um, which is you know a fairly innocent assertion by him. And then obviously yeah. it comes back later in the episode where uh, something gets a little bit more emphatic. Oh yes, indeed. Uh, okay, <laughs> a little morsel. Right. Okay. So the next scene uh, is actually it's a actually yeah just the scene in the police station. So we have Klaus and uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's having a look at the picture of uh, Adam and Noah again. Uh, we have also the uh, Clarkson comes in and starts asking about uh, Ale- uh, asking about Ulrich uh, and you know what he had figured out or whatever. Um, he also has an issue with the fact that Alexander took that took his wife's name. Yeah, he needs to get with the times. I think <laughs> like men men can take their partners' names in tw- it's twenty twenty Clarkson. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, but I, 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 I think I, I get the. Although it wasn't, it wasn't 2020 when he did it. Let's just say that. That yeah, that is a fair point. Actually, it was the 80s, so you know it would have been a lot, a lot different then. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he, I get the continued impression here that Clausen is actually interviewing Charlotte while he's interviewing all these other, um, all these other, uh, well, not witnesses, but interviewing people in Vinden who might have some some insight into the case. Um, yeah, it definitely, so, yeah. definitely feels that way. Yeah, I, I also I don't I, I was hoping one of our listeners might be able to give some insight into this, but I love that. Um, when Charlotte goes to Google Sigmundo's creator test, she uses a search engine called Luma, which I've Luma. never heard of. And yeah. I don't know whether it's a fake search engine or something specific to Europe or maybe Germany, but uh, that made me laugh. I was, yeah, I always wonder about that in, in, in films and TV when they have fake search engines. And I thought to myself, like, is it, is it really worth like paying some, like a, a programmer just for a day to create a fake little program? You know, yeah, like pro- a fake UI. Yeah, is it really worth it? Or maybe, maybe they, maybe they just literally make a video that they play on the screen. You know, that'd be quicker, yeah. I suppose. I, but... I don't know what the rules are, to be honest. Like, I, I would, 
assume Google don't care, but maybe maybe there's because they're such big companies, you know, there's lots of legal red tape that you have to get through to to, to get it allowed. Yeah, and there might also be something like uh, in the future if you want to go to the search engines and say who wants to pay me the most money if you've already been using Google you can't really do that can you yeah that's true yeah so um okay so also uh whenever they finish talking as you say she he sort of seems to be uh interrogating uh Charlotte the whole time here and he and he also as they were leaving the the office he lingered looking at her file and maybe even at the photograph underneath and he was sort of he is sort of watching her yeah, he saw the fo- photo, um, which, uh, just as a little aside, I noticed also contains, or looks very much like it contains the man who was killed at the beginning of episode one, who I believe to be Older Bartos, um, as well. So, yeah, he he's... Which sort he of, knows, which, which fits, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he he, we know... A, he, he would be a member of the, the group. Like yeah, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. that I, I'm interested to see where Clausen's story goes, because he's figuring it out. Yeah, he's figuring something, something out, that's for sure. Um Okay, cool. So the next scene, we get uh, Magnus and Francisca. Magnus finally comes and confronts Francisca after like what seems like a, a whole season of uh, of like sort of sneaking around, make, seeing, seeing what she's doing. <laughs> I've just realised I've written. I'll let you finish your description of this scene. I've written something down in my notes which belies uh, one of my theories. Sorry, I'll come back to this in a second, but it just made me laugh. Okay, okay. So I wasn't going to say much here, just that um, you know. Magnus, you know, as as soon as she starts saying like "no, you idiot," he's like, "Oh God, <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what have I done?" So, I mean, to talk about the general sort of act of action in the scene, to be fair to Magnus, like Francisca was keeping a secret from him and sneaking off into the woods to keep yeah. it. So, so I mean, I think I see both sides of this. Like, yes, yeah, she's I, I is it a secret? It. Yeah, I understand saying it's a secret. I, I do understand that, but. Is like is it a secret just not to all, to tell everyone about all parts of your life all the time? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but I think you know she's reasonably angry because he thinks so little of her. But it's you know if you're if if something requires you to sort of sneak off into the woods and leave like drugs in a little tin and then collect money. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's suspicious enough that that uh that i i can't blame magnus for being a bit suspicious uh himself um but yeah i wrote down in this scene like so when magnus runs in and starts quoting benny's uh services and the prices <laughs> I, I wrote down jesus magnus use euphemisms or talk where ellie can't hear you man <laughs> which is obviously both well it, it doesn't work because because <laughs> ellie ellie might have an issue with that but at the same time i have still got my theory matrix that she's not actually deaf mute so yeah well, well actually then, then that that actually fits your your theory you're believing that theory so much <laughs> yeah you... yeah exactly i've internalized it to the point where i i believe she hears every conversation that goes on around her yeah no, exactly um also just just as a like, sort of a, a little aside on this i i love the way that when francisca like the, the passion that francisca is putting into this i, I just love when she like i don't know why it, it just always it always sticks to me the the way it, she's speaking german and then she says arsh <laughs> yeah yeah like the 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 words um like arsh and i can't remember what the word for tits is but it's it sounds similar similar as well to the english and they both come through and sort of cut through the dialogue very clearly um it's 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 very funny yeah it is good um just before we leave this scene i will say um there's one or two comments left on last week's uh, uh, last week's video for this of people properly hating on this scene 
Uh, I'm, and it's, there's a question about it in the uh, in the question and answers video, which will be coming out this Saturday. So if you want to hear my opinion on that, I think it's a question to me, Conrad. Sorry, um, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll give your input. But there's there's uh, there's a question about it where someone is basically accusing this scene of being like a soap opera and what's it doing in this show. But we're not going to give any opinions on it now. You'll have to tune in on Saturday to hear our opinions on that, okay? Yeah, remaining tight-lipped. Tight-lipped about that. Okay. Uh, also, one before we leave the scene, one more thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone actually put in a uh, comment. This is actually hilarious. I, they, I think they got this from some other YouTuber or something, but I'm not sure. I think some people who were reacting to the show, you know how people do that live. Um, so I think someone said, in the, in the episode, we have to say this because it, it's so funny. Anyway, go back to the last episode. In season two, episode one, whenever Magnus goes into Benny's trailer and Benny says like 35 blowjob, whatever, whatever. And then Magnus like runs out of the trailer. Yeah. Apparently the, one of the guys who was reacting to it just goes, oh, he's off to the ATM. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> That's great. This is what we're missing out on by not having live reactions. Clearly, like you can't, you don't get to hear me making all kinds of dumb jokes. Yeah. Uh, as, someone, as the, as someone actually did uh, suggest that we that we we film your reaction to the last episode. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. There was. Um, if we can to be together, if we can, if we can somehow be together for it, that'd be cool. But yeah. at the same time, we're not really a reaction channel. But no. you know, if we can, I would. So, but I, I don't say that as a diss to reaction channels. I say that in it wouldn't be very good because it's not like something we're used to doing, you know? Yeah, I, I don't tend to react very much when I'm watching things as well. Like, only when only when I get, like, big things right or things are confirmed to be right do I tend to react. And even then, it's not like a it's not like a proper big reaction. It's It tends to be a sort of, ah, and then move on. And if you have to play to the camera, it'll actually sort of distract you from what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So the next uh, episode is uh, somewhat of a surprising twist I found when I started watching, uh, when I was watching this for, for the first time. Stranger Jonas actually shows Hannah the time machine and says that I want to show you, I think it's show, show her dad's secret. Yes, yeah, um, and, and this is uh, after this scene, or well, before this scene, I suppose, I resolved to stop reading the Netflix episode descriptions before watching the episode because that literally says that uh, Jonas takes Hannah back in time, which oh, really? I was like, oh, cool, thanks, Netflix, for, spo- <laughs> for spoiling what's going to happen. I'm amazed you actually got this far uh, reading them and then they weren't given too much away well, up to this point. I don't know what I was doing before. I, I wasn't reading them. And then I read the one for the last episode for some reason. And I read this one. And it was I'd like, so I, I think it I must have just made you start been, seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I was just making a point of not being exposed to anything before. But I'm just going to go back to just ignoring them now. Because when you this should, happened, you should, do, like, you should go and stand in the other room and then get your partner and say, <laughs> yeah. put it on, pause it at the start. And like yeah, come, come in blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in my, like, my viewing gown that yeah. has like a, a hood that covers my eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I I, uh, I I went down a blind alley in this scene uh, because um, Hannah, when Jonas comes downstairs, uh, is looking at a photo of uh, herself, uh, Michael, and Jonas, and then another photo of what realistically is probably just a younger Jonas. But in my head, I was like, oh, he's this third child or second child, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> and went down that alleyway for a little while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> i mean we don't know it's jonas we don't he had very very blonde hair although he did. I, yeah i had blonde hair when i was that age too so he had very blonde hair and he was really into golf and i haven't seen jonas play golf once in this series I, yeah, jonas does not seem like a sporty type that's one, one thing i will say about him no no that's he doesn't seem athletic loves a leisurely cycle that's about it 
Yeah. Right, okay, so then we get uh, the birthday girl, uh, <laughs> Katarina, smacking into her son. We don't know it's her son, obviously, but smacking into him. Out of my way, douchebag. Uh, to be fair, Mickle does look like a dork in this scene. <laughs> like I would I would shoulder barge him in the 80s as well if I was in her position. Yeah, um, and they have like the cool like sort of 80s synthy music again. This is something that they've come back to like two or three times now. They've done this first day at 80s school thing you know yeah even, even just, though this is not his first day but you know what i mean yeah I, I i just it's it's really nice that they kind of use it liberally this is that kind of stranger things feeling of yeah. like you know they, they use they they're far far more conservative with how they use it which i really appreciate because it means in moments like this where they kind of make the concerted decision to be like yeah we're gonna just we're gonna go with the theme of the time and play some cool 80s music for 30 seconds or so here it really lands um and you don't get overwhelmed with it yeah exactly uh awesome okay so as as you notice as we go through the, the scenes are getting shorter and shorter in this show but yeah. uh just blasting through story uh, so the next scene is the scene you were sort of alluding to earlier and that's the one where claudia comes to visit herself in the yeah, power plant characters just cannot stop meeting themselves now <laughs> like yeah, they're, they're actively pursuing it yeah, like after Stranger Jonas's, you know, caution about meeting himself for fear that, that his younger self might delete them both from history, <laughs> everyone's just at it now. They're like, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, so <laughs> That we know of. Yeah, exactly. So uh, she sort of, she gives a whole sort of thing about like, it's, you know, it's my dog like it is yours. You know, she, gave, yeah. she dropped the bombshell that she knew the name. Also, there was a cool uh, bit of detail here that we actually found out how Gretchen got through the door. Yeah, I did like that because I, you know, I'd, I'd kind of made my peace with the fact that I don't know the dog opened the door or whatever. Like, I, I don't care enough to, to, you know, question it. But you know, they just threw in that little, that little bit of, uh, uh, you know, explanation there to say that that Claudia was behind it herself. Yeah, but it also means that Claudia didn't use the tunnel; she used her machine, probably. Yes, she, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder what's gonna. That that's something I'm. I'm keen to see more of because claudia just seems to time travel at will which i don't know if it's really been explained how much cesium 137 is required for each journey but she seems to have a ready supply of it um yeah i don't personally my own understanding is is that when you fill that little vial up it doesn't have to be filled up new every time i don't think i think okay it's like a little you know there's a it's like a fuel system and you have a a number of jumps that's my understanding of it like i don't think you have to go looking for more every time you go through time um, in that, like, if that was the case, if they were to travel to the fifties, say, which we know that no, we, we know <laughs> yeah. that Noah has in some way or another, we know that well, we suppose Noah was going through the tunnels. Uh, we, we, yeah, Noah's using the tunnels, but well, that we that, well, we suspect he's using as far the tunnels. as as far as the stage we, we're concerned, he's using the tunnels. So actually, we're not sure. We've only really seen people using the machine between uh, the later years when the cesium one three seven did exist. So actually, we don't we don't actually know how much you need for this time travel machine. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, what do you think of the uh, creepy guy who looks around at the woman's ass? Oh my god, yeah. What's his name? K- Kowalczyk. He yeah. seems like a scumbag, to be honest. Like he just everything. And I, I, I very much enjoyed the having um, done an episode on Edge of Tomorrow that Claudia basically does exactly the same thing as Tom Cruise's character in that here, and kind of yeah, calls yeah. what's happening in an office environment to prove uh, that she's telling the truth. 
um, which is good fun. And we get another Ikbin do, which is uh, becoming a recurring a recurring line in this season. Yeah, yeah, Ikbin do. So I think that's the... Well, it's technically the second, but I think also Noah kind of said it to himself as well, didn't he? Even though he yeah, already... Yeah, he does. He, he already, he, but it's not really an Ikbin do moment because he already knew that there was him when we heard it, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's less... Uh, it's kind of less profound than the other two but it's still you know that this might is the third character who said that to themselves so i wonder who else is going to do this yeah um there, there was one thing i noticed about claudia here. don't know if this is important or relevant at all but she's got two different colored eyes yeah uh that's that is pretty cool um i yeah. don't i don't believe that either of the actresses actually does i think that's just something there's little things like Enos's mole, for example. There's little things that they do to really sort of hone in that they're the same character, and they yeah. make they make the casting seem so much better again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I um I, I guess I I wonder if that's was that was that definitely the case in the first season? Because I di- I didn't notice it, so it's possible. I mean, I suppose she wasn't actually in the first season that much, um, or oh, eighties Claudia that is. So it's possible I just didn't notice it. But it's yeah, it, it's a cool idea doing things like that just to, as you say hammer down that they're, they're, they're one of the same character yeah like Helga's uh, ear, ear scar too yeah. but um, but definitely I think I, well, I actually would have to go back and see but they're definitely highlighting it here aren't they they're definitely making sure you see that she has two color, different color eyes here yeah yeah very striking um okay so then we get uh, another sort of scene in the tragic case of egon in this in this episode egon is uh, at home he gets a call and they, yeah. they we sort of find out that he's got cancer and it's spread um i don't actually i don't think we knew he had cancer before this except for uh, 80s 80s Ulrich saying maybe it's cancer but um correctly predicting we'll say um yeah uh so he also looks at the uh book uh, his old police uh journal which i thought was very interesting actually i think this still has this all this might be a mistake in dark how did Ulrich get it out of the files if he has it at home after he's retired oh he's Um, actually yeah yeah you know what i mean maybe he's actually still working the case i think i think the what was written hmm, i'm trying to remember what Ulrich actually saw did he see the book he had the little book yeah i suppose it's possible cut from him writing it in it to Ulrich holding it yeah, well, I, I mean, it's possible, I guess, that Egon gives it back to the police station. Yeah, like after he's finished working with it or whatever, yeah. Or, you know, potentially after he dies, because it seems like in, yeah. this, in this episode, he doesn't seem like he has uh, long left. Which, again, it's it's really it really tugs at the heartstrings, the Egon stuff in this episode. Like, when he's on the phone and he says, oh, I have someone, presumably, you know, to help him support him through the treatment if he's going to have treatment or just through the illness and, and we and get, know get to the hospital as well yeah exactly and we know that that's not the case and he's just he yeah he, he it's it, you know what we've seen of egon so far and i i think i suspect he's going to remain this way he's one of the few characters who is com- seems completely good like mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be any malice or any evil okay he's been a bit incompetent at times maybe he wasn't the best police officer but at least he wasn't beating children to death or you know taking bribes or you know doing whatever else and and to see him kind of ending his life this way is really really upsetting yeah and even if you look back towards his middle ages as well like how he had his wife doris and you know we sort of there was hints in terms of what's going to happen in terms of that uh last last season and he, like Doris isn't there anymore now. We don't know if Doris and him stayed together and then she died. We don't really know that at this point. But definitely, there's that shroud of his past, and we sort of can see what's happening as well. Yeah, yeah. Like his his life, he, he doesn't deserve a lot of what 
appears to have happened to him in his life, which makes it makes it all the sadder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so then the next uh, scene, uh, Jonas needs to go and get some petrol. Yep. Uh, or diesel or whatever it is. And he uh, comes up with a fantastic plan and he blasts uh, <laughs> suspicious minds by Elvis across the wasteland. <laughs> and then the tank rolls up thinking, hey, this is a party I want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> I love the use of a song which literally starts with the line, we're caught in a trap to yeah. set a trap. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. Um, yeah, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, so what did you think of this? So there was, it's actually, even though this song was going on, and it's a great song, it's a little bopping tune, you know? Yeah. It, it's it's still, it's actually quite, there was a lot of tension in this part of the, the episode. Like, Yeah, it, I think, so I really like this scene because, well, for a start, because we don't recognise where he is, mm-hmm. which to me implies that he's maybe gone quite far outside of Vinden, maybe to, you know, I, I think it's implied, I don't I, I assume Vinden is a real place, and I think it's kind of maybe implied that it's in the Black Forest somewhere or down near, near Munich, so, you know, maybe that's where he's where he's gone to, but it, it gives a sense of the wider world, or certainly the wider parts of Germany, and the fact that this conflict is is widespread and you have these warring factions who are you know essentially just war bands just roaming the countryside killing or recruiting whoever they can find um Mm -hmm. and and yeah there's a really great tension to to the scene um with um you know in Jonas almost getting caught as he's siphoning the diesel or the the petrol out of the the apc yeah, and actually we say he's not a really a sportsman, but he ran up to the other side of that wall really quick. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that was like a, a like Usain Bolt level 100 meter dash he did there. Like he went from he travelled like 50 feet in like a second. Yeah, he's you know, he's just a fantastic man, fantastic man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's got his petrol now. He can go back and uh, sort of fire up the machine, fire up, fire up the Barbie, so to speak. Yeah, um, so that'll be good. Uh, after that, we get a sort of a different type of scene than we've really seen before. We get a sort of, it's a different mood than we've seen, uh, and it's Regina and Alexander. Um, and the reason why I say it's a different type of scene that we've seen before is because this actually seems like a genuine loving couple. Yeah, uh, it's, I've got to start with Alexander's outfit in this scene. Like, I can't, I I know it was the 80s, but my word is that, that jacket loud and in charge of this scene. Um, and it's, it's a shame because, yeah, it is a really sort of genuine, affectionate scene and and one of the things i really like about what the writing in dark has done with these two characters is it's taken them from people who seemed in the first episode of season one in regina's case to be the sort of money-minded open the beaches i don't care if there's been a shark attack kind of character in jewels Mm -hmm. and and alexander who's like the corporate bad guy who just wants his power plants keep running and doesn't care about the murders into really one of the purest couples in the whole show i think like there's no mm-hmm. there do, i mean obviously there's secrets in their relationship but it's not secrets they're keeping from each other um yeah. as we'll find out in the next scene it's actually secrets that regina is still thinking about protecting even in in 2020 and that they seem to genuinely love and, and care for one another which is really nice yeah yeah exactly and it's uh it's it's, it's definitely one of the one of the nicest uh, relationships of the whole show uh for me anyway and um I think also here uh, there's a touching little bit of dialogue between them where Regina's sort of saying that her mom doesn't care about her. Her mom doesn't even like sort of ever when when they're around each other, the mom acts like really cold to her. 
Yeah. So Claudia is a very cold mother, which obviously we've seen examples of that already as well. And Alexander says, well, it doesn't matter because I'm here for you. And it was just really touching. And I, th- and I thought to myself, yeah, it's really nice because we know that even in 2020, he still is. Yeah, and and it's the the writing is is really smart in this scene because it interweaves that that idea of you know my mother doesn't do anything for me, um, so th- like this this dialogue between them where they're talking about how much they care about each other with this kind of thematic idea of the sins of the father stuff where mm-hmm. what our parents do is passed on to us. Um, you know, Regina obviously says my mum hasn't passed anything on to me because she's never around. Yeah, um, but the fact you know she gets cancer. The fact that Egon has cancer, that there's and and possibly Michael slash Mickle was ill from something as well, does suggest that maybe there is some kind of carcinogenic property with either the power plant or the season one three seven or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which you know is 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 you know quite a literal effect of of um, Claudia's actions being passed down to Regina um, but yeah it's it's kind of blended in with this this conversation where the two of them are talking about it doesn't matter what's passed down to you because because we love each other um, which is you know very sweet in and of itself yeah yeah exactly uh, okay so then we get a cut from Regina in 87 into Regina in 2020 um, and Clarson and Charlotte are around the house and they are quizzing her um, Clarkson really wants to hone in on this last name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he cannot let it go. He can't let it go. So uh, we, then Regina reveals that she's got a box of the the strangest things that uh, he came and stayed at the hotel. And she, it's funny because like, you know, if I was Clarkson or, or Charlotte, I'd be sitting thinking, what? You, you had all this stuff about the children who went missing, and you didn't tell us this. Um, yeah. But obviously, she thinks she's. I don't know why she would do that. She's hiding it or something. Or? Well, he did. He did tell her to keep a, a hold of it because he said he'd be back. Um, yeah. So maybe and she's maybe she's. Him. Yeah, maybe she was scared of him. Like he's fairly intimidating um, yeah. as a character. Uh, so it's, you know, in, in the cold light of day, she probably should have given it to the police. But I could, I could see her being afraid to do so. Or yeah. you know, she's a busy, busy woman. Maybe she just forgot. Yeah, and also yeah, she yeah, she doesn't she doesn't trust Ulrich at all anyway. So as long as as long as he was in the police, she was never going to give it to him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and and rightfully so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, Charlotte notices when she's looking through the box um, a page out of her grandfather's book, A Journey Through Time, and she mm-hmm. the, the actress does a really good job of immediately starting to shake and be very very sort of nervous and apprehensive. Um, I thought it was a great performance. Um, yeah, and then and then she makes then she uh, uh, is able to get away from her job as a policewoman who is uh, <laughs> interrogating a witness to go and take Elizabeth to a dance, a swim what? class, swim class. Yeah, yeah. So it bails on the interview in a totally believable and non-suspicious way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. After I leave this interrogation of a witness, uh, yeah, my daughter's got a swim yeah. to do. At this exact moment when some key piece of evidence <laughs> has just been revealed, I have to leave for a completely separate reason. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm really interested to see what happens with Charlotte going on from this because she really starts to freak out, and I can't fully put my finger on why exactly. Um, I have my theories from this episode are very much to do with Charlotte. I will say that much. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what comes of this on her side. Well, yeah, like even the idea, like I think the idea that even that her grandfather's involved in this in some way, because obviously he would, he would have still been alive in 80s in 86 when um, Mads went missing. So 
you know, uh, maybe she's just really worried about that. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see going forward. Um, so then we get the final reveal, sort of, of what this machine looks like when it's working. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, well, actually, I'll let you go first. What do you think of the design of how, whenever, so basically, Stranger has taken Hannah back to the 80s. We see the machine working. I like the little the little note they say whenever he says it's safer to go from the caves, meaning that every time we see people going in and out of the caves doesn't mean they're using the tunnel necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I understood that to mean that uh, you know if they if they do it here they're not going to teleport in inside someone. <laughs> you know. What I mean? uh, that's a good point actually because yeah that was my first thought in this scene was that I didn't fully understand why it's safer to travel from the caves than like inside their own home. But then yeah I guess if they're traveling to the exact same spot, then else. if they traveled inside their house, uh, if they tra- uh, if they used it inside the Carnvald house, they could potentially telefrag. Enus yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, no, and no one wants that forget about, been through enough already forget about Toast Havai how about yeah. Toast Havai toast, toast Havinus oh man we'll come back to Toast Havai later that looks good um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so I, I think um, this is the first time I'm just trying to think I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've seen that portal um, well, yeah, we, I mean, we we we, we saw the, the the unstable one stabilizing briefly at the beginning of this episode, um, yeah, and we also saw a sort of similar looking portal that appeared on, above the power plant. Yeah, whenever yeah. whenever Halga and Jonas switched or didn't switch, you know. What I mean? Yeah, the Alexander and Regina were were looking at. So yeah. I mean, we have we have seen it before, but I think this is the first time it's been like, yep, this is what a time travel portal from one of these machines actually looks like um which is is smart because it basically as you've just said it can it lets us go back and look at how, where we've seen this before and start putting the pieces together yeah. um but and and this is going to come into my theory a bit later but that image of the nielsen family seems very important um and it feels like it's it's something beyond the vague suggestion that Mickle's transportation to 86 is what started this. Um, so, yeah, more on that a bit later. But the fact it keeps coming back seems important. Interesting. Um, I will also say about this scene where in the cave, uh, the, the sort of wide shot of the portal growing and then they disappear. And in the background, you've got the future light sitting there and it sort of looks like a moon and the sun and all something like that. Um, and, and Hannah and uh, Jonas are standing holding hands. That image there is, I just the cinematography and the composition of the image. I, it's it's just a joy to look at. I you know I just love I love the composition of that of that image. And again, as also later on, whenever uh, Claudia's traveling as well, that where they sort of come out to the wide shot and just show you everything that's happening. And I just I just love those the compositions and the and the cinematography of those, of those moments. Yeah, no, they're de- they're definitely really really nice shots. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so whenever this was happening, I think Mickle sort of twigged. He felt like maybe a vibration in the in the ground or whatever was going on, and he twigged that there was some traveling going on from the caves. Yeah. Um. So that might also be why it's uh, safer to travel from the caves too, because maybe there is actually quite a big of a shock wave or like sort of a disturbance from the machine itself, because it is creating mm, yeah. a, is creating like a wormhole or black hole or whatever. Um, wormhole, I suppose. It's not a black hole. Not a black uh, hole, is it? It's not sucking. I mean. In. They're basically the same thing, aren't they? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. No, I don't think they're the same thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Mikkel notices that and he comes to the cave, but he's got a lovely friend waiting for him. Yeah, no, just a no just way. a friendly priest <laughs> paying him a visit. Yeah, friendly priest eating an apple with a, with a knife out in the woods. Yep. Yeah the uh, the apple. 
felt like well i mean it's this is potentially kind of like gcse level uh scene analysis here but the the idea of like noah working for adam eating an apple which is you know the most common depiction of the forbidden fruit from the garden of eden Mm -hmm. seemed like uh seemed like very explicit imagery to me but um oh definitely it's laced and it's laced in some of that also but the the fact that he's called noah and he was talking about the ark and all it's it's throughout the show yeah, it's um, but I, I yeah, I love Noah's performance here, and I love the implication of what he's doing here as well. Um, the implication. Well, so we know what he's doing. We know what his sort of mission is: is to get the pages back. Mm-hmm. So is he? I mean, it, it's not really a confirmation of things, but it just got me thinking about what he would be doing there at this time. You know, is he there to stop Mickle going back to his correct time, or we know um, that Claudia. And um, and uh, and well, an older Claudia are in the caves at some point in this, uh, like in in eighty seven as well. Is he there looking for Claudia? Like it's there's a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. for what Noah's doing, waiting outside the caves here. Yeah, or maybe he's just like he thought he was in twenty twenty and he was going to get some drugs out of the drug chair. Yeah, he, that's true. He, he got the times mixed up. Oh, sorry, I'm a bit early. No, uh, always happens but um i think at the same time actually uh Jonas and H- and hannah have just arrived in those caves in a- in the 80s yeah. so maybe he's there to make sure that mickle doesn't see hannah because if mickle sees hannah he's going to recognize that she's from his time you know so yeah no it's it, it it's um yeah there, there's there's a lot of possibilities as to what he's doing and it's all kind of propped up by that actor doing some some really great line delivery in this scene too. Yeah, exactly. Like the way um, he's kind of um well, I was just gonna say the way it like incenses him when Mickle suggests God has no plan. Yeah. Um it's like as it, it's as if he suspects that that this might actually be the case in regards to Adam and and Mickle suggesting it has maybe touched a bit of a nerve with Noah, which is is great as just kind of lacing the relationship between Noah and Adam with a little bit of tension. Yeah, exactly. And it's a real it's a real uh it's a real believable way for like a stubborn man to act i think yeah um, definitely yeah uh okay so then we get uh egon still seems to be on the case he's uh yeah. he's he's because he's found his little notebook and he goes to see helga in uh in the uh, care home and yeah. uh he's, he's he's already sort of in the phase where he was when he was an old man because basically the car crash i think did this to him give him sort of brain decline or whatever yeah um and so there's a few moments in this conversation that i wanted to point out one is that uh helga's saying tiktok at this point already the mm. second thing which i'm sure that's the main thing you want to talk about is the mention of a white devil yeah i'm gonna go ahead and assume the white devil is noah <laughs> like that's my that's my assumption i mean it may be it's not explicit but that seemed well who else could it be it's i mean yeah like he used to work with noah he presumably doesn't anymore yeah, I feel like it must be Noah. Um, yeah, the, the the TikTok thing seems to me like um, what he heard when he woke up from um, from having his head being in and um, and the portal opened. Because I think, actually, no, it wasn't. That wasn't opened with a. No, wait, it was opened with one of the Tanhouse time machines from underneath um, the bunker. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably what he heard and why he's got that kind of TikTok um, sound in his in his head. Um, so yeah, that, I think I, my assumption was he was talking about Noah with the White Devil. But thing that happened that's... when he was a child, though, and he's only just started saying TikTok now, presumably thirty three years later. That is true, but I, 
I feel like if you if you had an accident that you know affected your brain in this way, it's, it might bring it's, back the trauma. Yeah. yeah, it might bring back like memories of a traumatic event from the past. So mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what I'm operating on at the moment. Yeah, cool. um, my big takeaway from this was Helga's velvet tracksuit. To be honest, <laughs> it was horrific. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. It's great. He looks like, he looks like he looks like a you know like like a particular group of uh, gangsters in a, like in a, like a UK crime film. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's sort of he'd fit or right like a in. G- GTA Four character. Yeah, yeah, like he, he looks like a Russian gangster. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So then we get uh, the scene I was talking about where Claudia takes other Claudia into the caves, refills her machine with cesium, cesium, and then travels. Uh, and Claudia, she gives Claudia like um, a, a big wad of papers. Uh, yeah. What, what did you take from that? What do you think those papers are? Uh, I think that might be the pages from the book <laughs> that she's she's handing off to handing off to middle Claudia there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna call her middle Claudia. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's 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 really cool to think that the caves are like super busy at the moment. Like if if, yeah. if any of these characters dawdled at all, like Noah, Hannah, and Mikkel, and all the Claudias would have all come across one another, <laughs> like yeah. just running around the bloody caves. Yeah. Um, what, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nothing. Just you know, just going for a stroll. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, the Claudius have to pretend they don't know each other and they aren't the same person. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, th- I think uh, I, I still think Claudia stole the pages from Adam and Noah's book, and I think she's just given them to her younger self. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I did like the info dump here of you know you must stop Adam. This feels like middle Claudia kind of being roped into the game because yeah. when when Claudia and her younger self talked in the power plant, you can see in eighties Claudia's performance that she still really doesn't want to accept um, the truth about time travel, which is understandable because it's very profoundly upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in this scene here, she's left with no choice but to become an active member or an active part of the part of the game, so to speak. Um, yeah, but yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with the apocalypse because if it's happening in five days' time, we haven't got long left. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, I just sort of ask you a question here, um, sort of get your brain think, brain working. Um, so Claudia was talking to the older Claudia was talking to middle Claudia here about you have to make sure everything happens the way it did. Okay, so she, it's almost the same as the, the conversation that Stranger had with Jonas in the bunker at the end of last season, where he was saying. Everything needs to happen the way it had to happen because I need to be in this position when you get there. Yeah. So is that what you took from this as well or do you take a different meaning from this? Yeah, so I I think older Claudia, she she must know, and I don't know how this makes sense, but she must know that there is going to be some pivotal moment in her timeline or, or in someone's timeline that, that uh, I don't want to confuse it by saying timeline, but in her later life that she's yet to see that she can affect or that she believes she can affect. And so she has to make sure that middle Claudia does everything exactly the same way that she did it so that she ke- she gets to that point where she's able to make the decision that potentially fixes things. I have no idea how she would know that because obviously if she fails, everything resets. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's still a massive question mark on that. But I, f- I feel like Claudia she must have carried over some knowledge from from a reset somehow um maybe there's some area or, or room or something that exists outside of time or or something bizarre like that but yeah i i think 
Claudia is ma- is basically, as you say, doing the same thing that the stranger was doing with Jonas, where they're saying you have to do everything as I've done it because I need to be in a position to fix this when yeah. when the time comes. Yep, exactly. Okay, so we'll see how we get on going forward. But uh, next scene, uh, Jonas has got his petrol. He's happy as Larry, and he goes underneath the wall. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. greeted by three guns and Elizabeth, um, the big mob boss. Uh, so yeah. What? Uh, so obviously he gets caught, and then we'll just skip on to the point where I think we'll just skip on to the point where he's hung. So they hang him by uh, by his neck. Um, I think Elizabeth really, you can see in the actress's performance that she really doesn't want to kill him. Um, and yeah. It seems, yeah. And and it seems like also from what the uh, future girl says, uh, which was what we're going to call a scarred future girl, from mm. what she says and talks about um, in, later on in the episode, it seems like. Elizabeth wouldn't have done that for anyone else. Yep. So, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, I'm trying to think whether we get into this now. All Okay, all I'm going to say about this for the time being, because we'll come back to this at the end, I think, is that Jonas gets caught, and then the scene ends with a very close-up, like a very big close-up of Ellie, and then it cuts to a scene of Charlotte freaking out about who her parents really are after seeing something in The Stranger's Notes, and then it cuts to Jonas. That's all I'm going to say for the time being. Okay, interesting. <laughs> we'll come back to we'll that come, later. We'll come back to, okay, okay. So you don't want to say too much here, but obviously this is where, this is where. Uh, so, I think you mentioned that the stranger had a scar around his neck, didn't you, last season? Yeah. So this kind of, to be honest, this this, this kind of put a bullet in my. Um, it, it was kind of already wavering, but this kind of put a bullet in my theory about. Um, people somehow killing themselves and exiting the loop or being reborn in any way because obviously this is where um Jonas gets his scar from okay okay interesting uh well not i don't think we'll 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 we'll, we'll mark that one false just yet uh but definitely okay. this is well i don't think i don't think we'll mark it false yet i don't think this is proof i don't think this is proof of that not being the case However, it is a bullet in it, uh, so it's up to you. Yeah, it's not yeah. doing well. Um, but I, actually, I, the one thing I will say about this scene is I, I love the, aside from the kind of bigger theory stuff, we've seen it before, but I just, I love the inclusion of like crucified bodies. Um, yeah. It really sort of hammers home that, that sort of desperate doomsday cult feel of this group. Um, and, and, you know, it's really interesting that Jonas believes that Ellie is lying about knowing what is in the dead zone, um, which I really hope that's explored because I, I still think Ellie knows more than she's letting on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, right. So uh, then the next scene is Egon is back on the case fully now. He's got all the he's got all the uh, different newspaper articles and all the different police reports out. He's got the whole file open. Yep. He rings up because uh, he wants he, he he wants to ring up and find out about what happened to the man who he arrested. So basically, Ulrich when he went back into the fifties, he wants to find out what happened to him, and he finds out that he's actually in a mental institution uh, in in Winden still. Yeah, still knocking around. So he actually goes to the the, the facility. Um, and he gets told that yeah, this there he is. He's called the inspector. Uh, <laughs> I love that. S- slightly self-indulgent. I feel like Ulrich yeah. insisted upon that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I can't get back to my son, you're calling me the inspector. <laughs> yeah. So he goes and um, uh, and he and he actually he meets Ulrich. 
Yeah, this caught me by surprise. I did. I, I sort of started thinking, I can't really remember what it was that set me off, actually, but probably about 15 minutes before it's confirmed that he's doing it, I started thinking, like, I wonder if Egon is going to go and look up Ulrich. And then, lo and behold, here we go. Um, yeah. I, 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 his casting was a bit weird to me. Like, it wasn't... It, it, it was... When I saw him on the second time of viewing, it looked it looked better than it did the first time. I don't know what it was about the actor's appearance, but I did not expect Ulrich to look like that. I think it was just the long hair and the really dark skin that kind of threw me a little bit. The fun, that, you know what's funny about that? Yeah. This actor who plays this role, this is the one that most people who I've shown this show to or talked to about it, they've told me that when they first saw him, they assumed it was the same actor with makeup on. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's not like I say. The second time I watched it, I was like, okay, no, I can see. You know, he has the same jaw, um, and his face is similar. I think it was just how much darker his skin had gotten and his long hair that kind of that kind of threw me. Um, but uh, yeah, he certainly plays the character the same way as the young character. <laughs> he has yeah. that sort of glib sense of uh, self-importance, which I don't really understand because he barely understood anything when he went to the fifties, and I doubt he's learned anything <laughs> since then. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually, yeah. So I, I love the way that he also quotes, uh, "My only aim is to take many lives, yeah. the more the better I feel." Yeah, and Egon, he's he's starting to get. Well, in fact, no, it's not even starting to get. Like Egon has been so openly exposed to a lot of the time travel stuff and it's quite it's quite funny comparing him to charlotte who's like really starting to put everything together and egon is still just like what (laughs) just doesn't doesn't seem to get any of it um which you know bless him he'll he'll get there eventually but uh, well i hope he gets there before he dies because i'd like i'd like to see him you know at least understand a bit of what's going on um but uh, yeah, the, the, the chessboard in front of Ulrich, uh, which, by the way, appears to be a game that he is playing with himself, which doesn't work in chess. Um, is he the inspector? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he is the inspector. It's, Maybe it's Ulrich he, versus the inspector. <laughs> yeah, he plays against, plays against his alter ego. Um, but yeah, I feel like that might just be a metaphor for Egon and Ulrich's relationship going forward. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, also, uh, Ulrich also does mention that he doesn't have much time left until he's dead and buried because he read it in the newspaper when he was a teenager. Yeah, so I'm assuming Ulrich, um, Egon rather is not going to survive this season. Well, I guess he wouldn't do anyway because <laughs> because uh, the um, oh no, actually no, he's in the 80s, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like he he would have carried on. But I, I'm a, yeah, I'm working on the assumption that Egon dying is probably going to happen in this season. Okay, cool. Uh, that might be a theory for the Matrix. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll pop I it in probably is uh okay so then uh we get the scene the famous toast hawaii scene oh this looks so good <laughs> really do you think so yeah do you not think it looks do you not think it looks good just toast with pineapple on i mean i'm a i'm a big fan of pineapple pe- is it pineapple uh, actually pizzas. this makes a difference pineapple i have i like pineapple on a pizza too don't worry and probably people are going to shut off this podcast right now i I like pineapple on a pizza oh yeah me too i'd like if you if you're not a fan of hawaiians just get out of here you're not welcome yeah exactly uh but um (laughs) this is a question actually the toast hawaii i didn't notice this is a big difference for me is it just toast and pineapple or is it toast ham and pineapple uh i didn't see any ham but it, it must have a spread on it so i assume it's like butter and a ring of pineapple on like it looked like it was on a bagel or something like that. Yeah, or a muffin um, or something. Yeah, like a muffin. So, I, I mean, I would definitely have that. A pineapple on its own, I could take or leave, but mix it with something a little bit crunchy, and you've got yourself a got yourself a comfort food. 
That's crazy. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't eat it if it was just pineapple on toast, I don't think. But I would eat it if it was pineapple, ham, and toast. What if it had, like, uh, if you put some, like, honey on it? I'm not a big sweet guy. All right, I, all right. I, I, I know by looking at me, you wouldn't think that, but... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but no, I'm uh, savory is my thing. Savor, I love savory food. So um, okay, so you need some you need some meat on on there. I think I would, yeah. And actually, randomly, I was mentioning this now. We're talking about toast Hawaii. I couldn't have it now anyway because m- me and my wife are both doing ketogenic diet. Okay, yeah. Well, you could, um, yeah, you couldn't have any of that really. <laughs> yeah, I'm making pizza dough out of uh, cheese and almond flour. It's great, great stuff. We have to do it. Be- we have to do it because uh, she was told that her metabolism is terrible. She had gestational diabetes, and now she's going to get diabetes very early in life if she doesn't change her diet, even though she's never been overweight in her life. But anyway, I'm going to do it as well. We'll see how we get on. Well, there you go. It's because you're a good husband. Yeah. No toast have I for me, so you can have you can <laughs> have to- toast have I for two. All right. I, well, I would enjoy living at Enos's house and having this as comfort food, um, which actually, that, this, that does raise um, a point, well, not a point, a, a sort of question I have in my head coming out of this episode, which is that... Where does Enos live now if it's not in this house? And why did she get kicked out? Because she hasn't died, so it should still be hers. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm I interested g- to see what happened with that. I, th- I know what you mean. I think it is a general thing that some families do. I think it's not a, not a weird thing for like the children to grow up, the parent to move out, and like they keep the family home. You know, I think that's not a real. It's not. It's not obviously not. It's not very. It's not frequently done to the point where everyone does it. But I think it is definitely not weird. I think people do do that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's possible that she just sold it to Michael and Enos, uh, to Michael and Hannah, and then moved out. But it, yeah. it just it just struck me that you know obviously she doesn't live in that house anymore, and it's it's clearly hers in the eighties. So um, yeah, what's what's gone on there? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Hannah came on the scene and just demanded the house, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we get. Oh, I think we didn't say there was also a little bit of dialogue in that scene about the fact that. Um, Mikkel was asking, do you believe in God? Do you think he has a plan? So there's more sort of repetition of this same theme. Yeah, but there's there's a this really interesting kind of double-layered um, dialogue around God and religion throughout this series, particularly in this episode, but, but in, in last season and this one, where you have characters who potentially have some faith in organized religion, and often they're either talking to a character who knows about the sort of overarching plot or or the the scene is coming sandwiched in between um scenes that 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 show us the overarching plot and it, it it's it's in it's an interesting look at the idea of faith in in the face of kind of events of such enormity that they make you question whether anyone could maintain their faith through being exposed to them um mm-hmm. and and you know it's I, I, it's to the show's credit that they give those kind of themes a place to sit in this because they don't really have to but it's nice to have them yeah yeah definitely i agree um okay so then we're sort of gearing up for the uh for the the montage of the episode but before we get there uh we have this little moment where the future girl has got the gun uh pointed at Jonas, who's just in a cage uh yep (laughs) in the caves don't know where these cages come from uh maybe they were doing some testing on animals or something uh (laughs) But anyway, he's he's uh, he's got a, he's pointing she's pointing a gun at him, and is demanding to know who he really is. Hmm, it's a good question. Why why Ellie didn't kill him, which is also a good question. Future girl. 
yeah okay awesome uh so that's pointing towards your theory i'm sure then mm. we get then we get uh the montage which i thought was a great montage um and it's uh charlotte is going into her grandfather's clock shop and sees uh picks up a picture sort of just really confirming like who who she is who's her grandfather yeah. um you know she's worried and then it also shows hannah going to the 80s as she sees mickle through the window um yeah, yeah that reaction that. is is really touching i think just just hannah yeah. you know seeing mickle is 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 really sweet yeah it is um to be honest with you i've been really impressed with the character of hannah in the first couple of episodes of this series um mm. i think i think i think definitely from season one if you were just to take all the lies she was doing you know she she was lying about things to get her own way she was very conniving at the same time there's always been a, a, a constant current through her character of just she's she it's a very tragic life as well like egon she like you know whoever she loves seems to go to go missing or you know die or kill themselves or so it would be a very touching moment that it, it, i like i like whenever you get these little moments that allude to hannah and michael's relationship in some way yeah definitely i think it's it's nice to give we kind of talked about it at the end of last season i think that hannah is a character who's very easy to dislike on the face of things because of the way she's behaved and it's really nice for her character to get these moments in these past few episodes to show you know her humanity and the relationships that she has with with the people who are close to her and how much they mean to her um yeah. mm-hmm. and, I, and i think it, there's a, a really great use of split screen in this montage not the first time they've used it but i, I really appreciate every time they do uh when they use it to kind of show what people are thinking of or you know where where their character is potentially going with the kind mm-hmm. of Hannah Mickle, Egon Ulrich and then the Stranger and Hannah and the Peter and Charlotte's uh splits um I'm interested about the Stranger and Hannah and the Peter and Charlotte one whether that's just sort of a mirror of two people who love one another kind of embracing before they go off to do other things or whether there's more mm-hmm. to that um but it's yeah uh, as we always say with these kind of montages it's it's really really strong really great and I, I, again i love the i want you to show me what's in the dead zone uh, as a sort of dramatic punch to lead into the montage they're really good at doing that yeah and like the and uh the feature girl and Uranus traveling th- across the landscape and slowly into where the uh the what are we calling it the god particle is um mm. slowly moving into that area um there's bloody yeah. flying things again i want to know what those are <laughs> yeah yeah just like yeah well like the helicopters i don't know Jeez. they're like, like drones and cocoons in the future and i feel like they're not going to get into either of them and i really want them to <laughs> yeah but i like like the the sort of them walking up to the like it's sort of sporadically throughout this whole montage of like a, a like you know really lovely cinem- cinem- cinematic scenes of them walking up to the uh the god particle um and then you sort of assume that when we get to the end of this montage that that's what they're going to lead into but they don't they go into claudia in the 80s and mm. digging up holes in her backyard um yeah the editing of this scene is great like cutting together older Cla- claudia burying it in the 50s yeah. with uh 80s claudia uncovering it 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 really it gives the scene a really snappy feel uh and and builds tension to you know the reveal of what it is that uh the 80s claudia has been left and what is it she's been left Some dang time machine is what she's been left yeah so what do you think she's gonna do with that she's gonna bloody travel through time i think oh, oh, that's like, <laughs> i can't wait yeah <laughs> all right yeah, awesome. she, um, uh, yeah she's uh i think she's gonna go pop in a, a little vial of cesium 137 and be off to the i guess she's probably gonna go to the 
Well, I mean, it goes in 33-year um, increments. So uh, where's she going to go first? I'm going to say she's going to go to the 50s first. Okay. That's my guess. Cool. Um, out of curiosity, um, so obviously you know that all the Claudia must be before her in time. So we assume, mm. the, we assume the 50s, I suppose. Um, if she, Why didn't she just give middle Claudia the machine rather than going back in time and burying it? What do you think she did that for? And why? So, what do you think her plan is? Um, mm, that's a good question. So, she, well, rather than just giving it to her in the caves, she left it for her to find. Like she, she basically, it almost appeared like she had to be in the 50s because, um, because she, she traveled there first and then buried it. And the tunnels aren't open at the minute. So, she's sort of stuck there now and because of the way it shows like the same date and the same time you'd assume that older claudia buried it at that moment Mm. so what so she's it appears like she's not going to use it again so what i just wanted to know what you think she's doing there what so i think the implication there has to be that claudia needed to be in the 50 or the older claudia needed to be in the 50s before uh, 80s Claudia got the time machine and she wouldn't have been able to go back to the 50s if she'd have given her the time machine mm-hmm. so she did, she needed to use it herself first and then give it to her 80s self yeah. um, so I think that's that's probably why um, yeah that's another thing that I've been trying to get my head around actually is so has what Stranger Jonas has done has basically shut off the tunnel for everyone in every timeline yeah yeah, okay, that's fuzz. That's what I was thinking. I just wasn't sure if it was only in 2020 and beyond. So uh, I, I think the way Noah explained it, um, now whether or not this means the same thing when we get to the end of the series, we never know. But I think whenever he turned it off, like turned off the tunnel, I think he was kind of saying that like, he did destroy the tunnel. I destroyed the link but he didn't sort of destroy it being made. Now, whether that moment where he destroyed it is actually it also being made, and it just means that it was linked in the previous times, or whether it would be made somehow in, else in the future, I'm not sure at this stage. Um, we, but, but we definitely know that what he did now, it did end the tunnel. The tunnel cannot be used at this point in time. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, that like his action sort of starts the, starts the link in the tunnel and also closes it going forward, basically. Yeah, that's what it seems to be at this point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I just I wasn't sure if it was if it was for every timeline or just for twenty twenty onwards, but that's that's good to know. Okay, cool. Um, right. So then we get uh, the last scene is uh, Jonas turns on the machine, the ball, the the the, the god particle, crazy stuff, portal, yeah. portal sort of goes down into the sphere. And he only goes and walks into it. Yeah, he just does not care. Like, is it doesn't matter if I die inside or out here. I think his confirmation that Jonas has officially stopped caring about whether he lives or not, and is yeah. just he is full steam ahead on fixing this. Yeah, exactly. Well, we know he lives at least another thirty-three years or whatever. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to kill him going in there, but we'll see what happens. Like, uh, it's I would I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be walking into that. No, no, you'd have to pay me quite a lot of money to get me to walk into that. To be honest, even in a hazmat suit. Um, but I, I love that this episode ends the same way we ended the last one with someone in a hazmat suit staring down the portal in 2052. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. Uh, let's go straight into the roundup. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so episode two, season two, in the bag. Let us do our IMDb rating. 
to get that out of the way, and then we can talk about all your theories because I want to get it to them as quick as possible. Um, yep. So IMDb rating for this one was nine point one. Is that higher than the last one? Yeah, the last one was eight point nine. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, this is still a good episode. Obviously, all the episodes of Dark are good. I don't think it's anywhere near as strong as the first one though. I'd probably put it in the mid eights, probably somewhere okay. around that. Yeah, which is still a huge, huge score, let's be honest. Yeah, no, I mean, I, to be clear, when I say an episode is, like, worse than another episode, I'm saying that from the perspective of someone who thought, you know, episode one of season two was, you know, one of the best episodes of television I've seen in, I don't even know how long, like, 20 years, probably. So, yeah. like, it's not a bad thing to be worse than that. It just is, <laughs> it's just a very good episode as opposed to an amazing episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting the way that the like oh, we've all talked about it before to know like we've talked about it forever like but it's interesting the way that the, the rating works on this because I, I I just happen to think that everyone is rating this after they've seen the whole series and they're going back and reading what happened in each episode and rating it based on the little blurb. Yeah, I mean, they might not even be doing that. They might just be trying to remember it and getting things wrong as, yeah. as to what, what happens where. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't. I don't. It's I never trust anyone rating anything anyway. <laughs> I yeah, say exactly. as someone who rates stuff on Letterboxd, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust, trust us. We, we, yeah, we'll, we know we'll, we're the professionals. We'll not steer you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, having said, you know, it's not as good as the first one. I, I think the Charlotte Clausen storyline is really hotting up. I'm interested to see where that goes. Uh, the Egon Ulrich one is is interesting as well. And as I say, Egon was probably the star of this episode for me. His performance was really heartbreaking and touching. Uh, and Hannah got some good stuff too. And it's always great to follow Jonas's odyssey through the timelines as he tries to get back home. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Uh, awesome. So let's then, unless you have anything more to say about this episode in general, like we've done an hour and 15 on it already, but if there's anything else you want to say, we can now get into your theories. All right. Okay. So I've got, well, I've got a few. I'll start with a small one. So this isn't really based on anything apart from Stranger Jonas throwing a little glimpse at something on the floor in the first episode. But the fact that they're now in the, he's now in the eighties with Hannah makes me think that young Jonas is going to put something under the floorboards of the kitchen which is what Stranger Jonas was looking at, and we'll get back. We'll get into that in a minute. Okay. But so that following on from that, I think Jonas. So he's gone through the portal, and I think this is going to be one of those portals, like the one that he went through in 1980, uh, 1986, where he sort of randomly went forward to twenty fifty two rather than you know going in the thirty three year leaps that okay. the time machines take you in so i think he's going to go back to either the 20s or the 50s on the other side of that portal i'm probably going to say the 50s um and i think he's going to become stuck there because obviously the portal is shut or the the, the tunnel portal is shut um and he will only return to 2020 after the apocalypse has happened so i think episode eight is going to be Jonas getting back to 2020 but too late to stop anything i think the apocalypse will will happen and he'll he'll be the eyes through which we see the aftermath interesting um and then okay so i need to this is a big one and it's based on this is this is theories upon theories here so okay, this could okay. this could all come tumbling down like a awful house of cards this is based but, this is based on a theory that you've already made so if that, yeah, that hasn't been proven correct, right okay, yeah. okay fair enough. so Long-time listeners will know that in season one, 
on the basis of one scene, <laughs> I, predi- I predicted that Ellie was Charlotte's mum. <laughs> and I, this episode made me more more firm in my belief of that because the cut from Ellie's face to Charlotte freaking about who her parents are then to Jonas makes okay. me think that there's there's something there's something in that so I think that Jonas is going to get back to 2020 uh, after the apocalypse has happened and he's then going to bond with Ellie in the sort of post-apocalyptic landscape because we know that she right. survives it okay uh, and the two will eventually have children together before he leaves that timeline again. Because this explains why older Ellie knows who he is and spared him. Okay. Um, as well as the cryptic line about, you know, the rules not applying to him and stuff like that. So Ellie clearly knows who he is. Well, she would know who he is anyway because she grew up in the same town as him. And her sister was friends with him. Yeah, but the whole, like, the rules not applying to him thing. That feels like she's had yeah. an established relationship with him in the post-apocalypse. Okay. Where, um, again, you know, this is theories on theories, so this could be completely wrong. But yeah, I'm, sort yeah. of, I'm doubling down on this. So, and I think what's going to happen is Ellie's going to have twins, one of which is the girl <laughs> with the scar on her face. Ooh. The brown-haired girl. And one of which Jonas will take back with him to probably... I guess it would have to be the eighties, but who will become Charlotte? So you're you're predicting that when she's saying "Who are you?" he's actually her father. Yeah. So, and and I'll I'll go further on this as well. So it was the, really obviously the the cuts between Jonas, Ellie, and Charlotte made me think, oh, maybe Jonas and Ellie are Charlotte's parents. Um, but then the inclusion of the Nielsen family photograph. So clearly with the time machine makes me think what if everyone who is sort of really centrally involved with the time travel plot is a nielsen (laughs) so we know that you know mickle is obviously a nielsen and Jonas is his son so he's a nielsen and then if if he then um has a child with ellie that means charlotte is also a nielsen and that then means that Ellie is also a Nielsen because she's her own grandmother. So, so, Very interesting. So, yeah, the, the Ellie being her own grandmother thing is the bit that's kind of tripping me up here because <laughs> that feels like it shouldn't work. But um, yeah, so that's that's where that's what I got to at the end of this episode. It was a it was a deep old dive on the theory matrix to figure so, that one out. So what about Bartosz? Because he he's sort of getting involved in the time travel with Noah now. So is he going to be a Nielsen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think on the Adam. Yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, I don't think he will be. So maybe it won't be everyone is is a is a Nielsen. But I feel like the Nielsen sort of extended bloodline is going to. They can't. It can't just be coincidence or like the show saying, "Oh, Mickle, he's kind of important uh, for the mm-hmm. reason that they they show that picture." I feel like there has to be more to it than that. Um, so well, your your theory that um, Noah is Agnes's husband, yeah, right? Wouldn't that imply that Noah is Tronta's dad? So wouldn't that imply that Noah's last name is Nielsen? Uh, wait, hold on. So it's Agnes Nielsen. Yeah, okay. So she goes back and becomes Agnes Nielsen, which implies that. Oh, Noah's you're talking about you're is- talking about Marta going back and becoming Agnes Nielsen, are you? Well, no. That so that's an entirely separate kettle of fish at the moment. Like the so Marta you, becoming. You, Agnes- you just said you just said she goes back and becomes Agnes Nielsen. Who well, goes back? 
<laughs> I mean, um, at the moment, the assumption is that it's that it's Marta. Yeah. But yeah. even if it even if it, even if it's not Marta, like Agnes Agnes's surname is Nielsen, right? Because she's Ulrich's. But is that a, yeah? Because big, but would that do you think that that's a maiden name, or do you think that that so if Noah is the husband of Agnes, would 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 Noah be Noah Nielsen? Yeah, because well, I'm just trying to think. Does Marta? Um, sorry, that's a Freudian slip. Does Agnes say that she was married to the man of God? I think I she does, I, doesn't she? Yeah. I, well, I don't know if it was actually married. I'm not sure. I don't know if they were married. Let's okay. Well, I yeah, think someone no, referencing your husband or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, even I've, even to be honest, with you, I don't know, even if she said husband, I don't know if we could take her at the word word of husband. Like she might just be saying that to spare her blushes. Yeah, I, I suppose like. Like we you don't want to have a of, child out of wedlock, you know. I think that would be really cool, though. If if yeah, if it turned out that obviously she's Agnes Nielsen. If it turned out that that was a married name, and it was Noah's surname as well, so Noah is also a Nielsen, which means pretty much everyone who is involved in this, with the exception of Bartos, which makes sense because Bartos is a perennial outsider that no one actually cares about, yeah. um, is is part of the Nielsen family. So yeah, that could that could potentially I hadn't even thought about Agnes to be honest. But Except that's... for Bartos and Claudia. But Claudia is Bar- Bartos's grandmother, so that's the same family too. Yeah, yeah. Claudia's kind of the the outsider in that as well. But I do I kind of get the sense from her that she is sort of an outsider. She's kind of operating on her own and yeah. doing 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 things her own way, which would, would, would work thematically. But yeah, so basically everyone's a Nielsen is is my, is my my takeaway from this episode. Yeah, awesome. Uh and also just to bear in mind as well, Noah it, it was mentioned in the first scene of this series when uh the fella who you think is Bartos, the older fella, yeah. said to young Noah um, ask Adam why why he took you in, and ask him why he called you Noah. Why he get you know? So Noah isn't his real name. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I I hadn't even thought about that actually. Yeah. So stew on that. Maybe I should have said that, but stew on that. No, it's. It, I mean, it, like I I did make a note that he said that, but I hadn't really thought about it in the context of everything. I suppose it's you know implies that he's ferrying people from one place to another place. Yeah, which we've 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 seen him doing, and we've also well, well, they unsuccessfully, have been, they have, unsuccessfully, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, he also um, has been doing. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, he's he's well. He also sort of said himself in a big monologue. You know, this is my arc and stuff. So it's it does fit. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, although, uh, there, or, or there also is the uh, the always the question in this show. You know, did Adam call him Noah because he needed he knew that he needed to be called Noah? You know. <laughs> Yeah, you. There, there's always that like sort of logical safety net of it's just the way it's always been, so that's the way it's going to continue to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so that's that. The roundup. Uh, great episode. Um, I've got yeah. a surprise for you, Conrad. Oh, okay, hit me. What, what the dub is back? Oh, don't call it a comeback. It it's been here gone. for years. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was only gone for one week. <laughs> it's back. It was a retirement that Mick Foley would have been proud of. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that there was another segment put put up, uh, suggested in the comments, which sounded unbelievable. I can't remember quite who who suggested it, but it is something that we will be doing eventually. Um, and we'll. It's it was the idea that whenever a reveal or something is is done, like so, for example, like the stranger reveal. Um, mm. Or like, or yeah, the, or the sorry, the Michael reveal. I mean, 
uh, it would be there's a cool s- uh, segment idea that I got from the comments where we would actually go and sort of have a look at the implications of the family tree. So you can imagine how funny it would be for two or three minutes just to go through. Well, if Michael's that, that means that you know Mickle's grandfather, you know, and go through everything like that. You know, like Jonas's grandmother is Katarina and stuff. Like we could go through stuff like that. Um, so that's that's an idea for a segment too. So whenever we get like a reveal which leads to that sort of discussion, we could do an actual segment about it. I like that idea. Yeah, no, that sounds really good. Yeah, awesome. So we'll get to what the dub now. Cool. All right, hit me with it. What the dub? Okay, so we're trying to be very quick because it isn't that great of a one, but it was good enough. To, <laughs> it was good enough to mention. You okay. can't undersell it now. This is the glorious comeback. It's a, sorry, sorry. It's a glorious comeback, right? <laughs> and it, and it focuses around them changing the script again. Nice. And I think this one is changed because they assume people who speak English as a first language are fools. Okay, right? Well, I mean, they'd be right to do that, but sure, carry on. Okay, so it all centers around the question, why not the forest road? Okay. You know, what, you know what that question is in the English version? Go on. Why not through the forest? Uh, okay. <laughs> why is that necessary? I don't understand. <laughs> it's just... It's changing the sentence for no no gain. Yeah, I know. It's it's just like, you know what? We want to have them picturing driving in amongst the trees, <laughs> no road. But like why not Forest Road isn't isn't like how you would say that in German either. It's 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 written in shorthand by a police officer in his diary. That's why it sounds like a note because it is a note rather than a, a carefully constructed sentence. Yeah, and it actually makes me think. I did I don't remember realizing this in the first season so i think they were actually saying forest road in the english dub in the first season i didn't notice them saying through the forest i think they've changed this for the second season they've got like maybe new a a new new person at the helm who's got fancy ideas about what they're going to do with the script to to zhuzz it up a little bit yeah yeah they got to put their little marker on it in some way you know unbelievable exactly uh oh, all welcome right back <laughs> welcome welcome back what the dub so we'll see if there's a what the dub for next week if there's not we might do an initial uh sort of looking at the family tree uh i was thinking of call i'll think of the exact name of it but i was thinking of calling it something like anthony james and conrad's expedition into the crazy family tree that is dark i think, I think yeah I'm that gonna, rolls off the tongue yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna call it something like that uh something <laughs> some ni- nice and snappy you know uh but uh that's this week's episode thank you very much for listening um we make sure you subscribe on podcasting apps make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel we've hit 2000 subscribers now in the, in the youtube channel so thank you very much to everyone, everyone who subscribed it's absolutely mind-blowing woo. um woo woo <laughs> uh so uh I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure this podcast has a lot to do with the growth so thanks conrad for agreeing to do it um i i uh i sent him a message on uh on on facebook messenger back in late june or early july i suppose i can't remember exactly when it was and i said hey do you want to start a podcast uh there's a show called dark uh i told you to watch it last summer you didn't watch it do you want to watch it now and we'll talk about it and literally we recorded the first episode like three days later so thanks very much conrad well it's yeah it's my pleasure thank you for inviting me to be on it it's uh you know thank thank you to everyone for listening as well yeah crazy and uh, there's been a few people who have been do- donating some money to us again if you need the money do not do not donate it if you want to give it to a charity much better better you do that um except if you want to see a better quality product from us every bit of uh, money you give us is going to go towards the uh the show in some way wow we're going to upgrade everything we've got so if that's great there's a link in the description no pressure 
it's down there. Click it. Uh, but thank you very much. Uh, we're going to go now, uh, and we'll see you on Saturday for the Q&A. Yeah, that's... I, I'm trying to think if I've got anything to close off with. Not really. I, I, I didn't like... I, I, that wasn't a really good run-in to letting you go there. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, I, I've got to... I'm going to just come into this cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right, okay. So <laughs> let's do the most uh, professional uh, sign-off in the game. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.